G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always love to have a conversation like this with movie reviewer Russell Matthews. Russ loves film. He enjoys engaging in discussions about the latest cinema offerings and then connecting this with the gospel. Well, he's been with City Bible Forum for over 10 years. He's a reviewer for Insights Magazine and Entertainment Fuse and has a blog called Rustling Reviews. He also moderates events for Real Dialogue, which connect the film industry with the general public. Now, Real Dialogue is a creative dialogue between the church and entertainment culture, so talking about film and television with Christians discovering how common theological ground can be forged with storytellers, image shapers and culture makers. So a great conversation ahead of us today, one I say that you can participate in. You can call us on 1-800-316-316 to join this conversation today. Russ Matthews from City Bible Forum, welcome along to 2020. Hi, Russ. Hey, Neil, you always make me sound so good. <laughs> you hey. just do. I love that lead-up. I just need to record that and just have it before I enter any room. That is fantastic. <laughs> well, there's no doubt, is there? You have got your fingers in a lot of pies, and you've been doing what you have been doing for a long, long time now, Russ. So yeah, uh, you soon yeah. get good at it. You get good at talking about these things. Well, at least I, at least I hope. I hope we bring value and also glory to God throughout the whole process. And so uh, I'm just thrilled to be on the show with you, and I always enjoy this time. So uh, thanks, Neil. Well, I always feel a little bit dwarfed by your capacity to be able to talk about film because, uh, as I have admitted in times past, I don't get to the cinema all that often. So uh, being across all the latest blockbusters isn't something that is one of my strengths, but it is your strength. Uh, You love to go to the cinema. You do this not only for pleasure but also for work, and uh, and that means that you know you're you're having a different sort of a way of looking at the, the movies. Most of us go along just to enjoy a movie, but you've got a, a different dimension when you look at movies, Russ. Right. Well, you know, it, it is it honestly. It was interesting. I had a conversation with a friend just the other day. He was asking me if I still enjoyed going to see films or if I felt that it was a um, a burden. And I still really enjoyed. I mean, there's some films that uh, not I don't enjoy as much. Maybe Maybe to have to go and, and, and see, but I really do. But also to be able to kind of help people to see that bridge into our culture, even how you can have a discussion on even some of the latest films and how you'd be able to have a discussion about God, the Bible, and even Jesus. Well, when you're a Christian, uh, depending on the church that you go to, perhaps, uh, depending on the pastor that you might have, uh, when you know they're giving some guidelines about how you approach the culture around us, uh, some people may even feel a little guilty going to some movies, and right. that's actually that's not a bad feeling to occasionally have, and I guess that's, that's why a rating system works so well, uh, gives you some sort of guidance, but, uh, but then that doesn't always cover the ideologies that are behind movies. So exactly. th- things get very complicated when you're actually looking at movies. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's, 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 
There's definitely, um, I think, clear lines that um, can be drawn as far as what films that uh, people should should and shouldn't go see. But I think there is a gray um, component as far as the impact that it has on people's lives. And I think one of the things in drawing those lines and looking at what it is that would cause people to go down a thought process that would cause them to sin or even lead them to other further actions, it definitely be something worth listening to, heeding the wisdom of of, of of pastors and the like. But there are, fortunately, a lot of resources like Real Dialogue, like um, the reviews in the different magazines, that would help you also to kind of go that next step, opposed to just saying what's what to maybe be warned against, but also maybe look at um, how you might be able to engage with it and look at it from a bigger um, a bigger perspective and maybe looking at how these storylines really can lead to a discussion about God. And this is an interesting aspect, isn't it, Russ? Because oftentimes we go to the cinema not on our own, but we go with someone, whether exactly. it's our uh, our uh, wife, uh, husband, partner, uh, or one of our good friends or going in groups. And so I guess there is a conversation that's had after a lot of movies that we'll sit down and go and see. And, of course, then there's the water cooler conversations that work over particular movies that might be in the cinemas. That's right. Well, and well, and there's two there's two components to that, and I, I really am glad you brought it up. Is one is that we are, you know, if you look at the two great commands that Jesus gives us, is one is we're supposed to love God, but also we're supposed to love our neighbor. And in going to the films, we're still there's still a level of accountability of making sure that you're not causing someone else to to um, sin or cause them to go and do something that they would prefer not to do. So it's it's worth kind of considering that. But also, um, as I I've, we've talked about in the past. Um, one of the things that I really try and stress for people is that it is a social thing. I mean, who enjoys going to the films by themselves? Very few people. Most people enjoy going with somebody. But why not consider, especially as a Christian, which should be at the forefront of everything that we do, that even our entertainment choices can actually point us towards um, bridging into those conversations about God and Jesus, even the gospel. Okay, well, we want to get into a whole lot of different areas in this conversation today. And listeners might like to contribute at 1-800-316-316. And if we're going to talk about movies nobody's seen yet, that makes it a little bit more difficult. But we'll talk about some of the concepts that might be behind uh, some of the cinema releases that are coming up. Uh, One that comes to mind, and we'll get into a whole lot of things that we can unpack about uh, movies shaping our culture. But uh, one of those ones uh, that I'm anticipating and feeling a little bit excited about because of just the uh, the general uh, buzz about this film is the movie Hacksaw Ridge that's right. coming to cinemas very soon. This is one you're paying special attention to. Yeah, oh, Hacksaw Ridge is um, fantastic. Outside of the name, I've noticed that a lot of times people think it's going to be a horror film because of the name of it, the <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge. But actually, Hacksaw Ridge was a battle during World War II that occurred. Um, and the film itself is actually filmed right here in Australia. Mel Gibson is the director, and it's the story of Desmond Doss. And Desmond Doss was the um, first, actually, conscientious objector who still went and served his country during World War II and but then went on to um going through a fair bit of persecution and difficulty even within the ranks of the armed forces ended up going and serving and through that ended up saving the lives of well over 76 men in his platoon um during the battle of Hacksaw Ridge and it's it's an incredible story and definitely one worth engaging with 
Now, it's interesting that Mel Gibson is director and people will recognise Mel Gibson, obviously, is one of our iconic film actors and now directors, but he was behind The Passion of the Christ. That's correct. And brought his own religious Christian convictions to the cinema then in what was basically the biggest film of all time. Right. Uh, and and he's doing something similar again with Hacksaw Ridge. Is that the way you could uh, you could construe what's happening with Gibson here? Yeah, yes and no. I you know, I think that um with the Passion of the Christ, I mean that is a direct that that film was a direct depiction of what occurred at the cross um with with Jesus Christ and I think that there definitely was a spin as it were, were based on Mel's personal um take on Christianity and the and the views of the gospel. But with this film, I think the way I try and describe it for people is that, you know, nowadays we have a tendency to kind of tag Christian films as faith-based films. But this is a film of faith, of someone living out their faith, but it's not necessarily a faith-based film, meaning that it's not, it's not directly a Christian film. And um, I think one of the, the – I would almost kind of describe it as – the way they depict Desmond Doss's story, it would be similar to, if you can remember way back, to a great film uh, called Chariots of Fire, where, you know, the, the story of Eric Liddell and his uh, kind of taking a stand on his personal convictions as a Christian um, really ended up impacting history. And I think that that's what Desmond Doss's story does, is really taking a stand on his personal convictions and his Christianity influencing that, that... Uh, how that had an impact not only on history, but also on his life and also the lives of all the men that he actually ended up saving in the end. And so, uh, oh, it's a, it's a great film, but I will forewarn you, I mean, after seeing this film, it is rated MA-15, like The Passion of the Christ, because of the um, very graphic depictions of... Um, the very graphic depictions of the wartime violence that goes on. It's, it's, uh, there's no real language, and there's not too much in the way of um, nudity or anything in the film, but uh, the violence is uh, very strong in this film. Okay, so it's a get ready for violence. Now, you've already seen the film, Russ. That's correct. Uh, and it's coming to cinemas in the not-too-distant future. There's On the 3rd of November, right? 3rd of November. That's the, uh, that's the time it'll be released. That's the general release date here in Australia. There are that's some right. previews that are going on. Uh, you've got one coming up in Sydney, but it's already sold out, so listeners won't be able to uh, assess, uh, access that one. Uh, but this Thursday night, you've got this special preview coming up and there's some twists to that because you've got a panel of uh, experts discussing the movie after it's finished uh, tell us about what will happen on thursday night oh yeah thanks neil yeah well we do um with real dialogue and we've done this we did this with the ben hur events that actually occurred back in august and we're doing it with the hacksaw ridge events um uh, you're right the events have filled both in sydney and in canberra but uh hopefully we'll be able to do other more events in the future similar to it and what we do is we screen the film and then we have uh, people from the industry but also some theologians who will sit and just kind of discuss some of the key themes of the film but then allowing for the audience to then to engage with um with the speakers engage with the film the topics the themes and the real push for us and what we really strive to do is because of this goes back to what you were talking about before we it, you go to the films with somebody 
And so it's an easy opportunity for Christians to invite their inquiring friends who may not be um, in the faith yet, but yet may be interested in it, to be able to come along, go see a film, but then also to be able to engage in the topics that would maybe lead people to further conversations about the gospel and the Bible. And so it's only for about a half an hour or so after the film that we're able to do that, but then hopefully what it does is lead on to further conversations for people um, afterwards, because usually people go out for a meal, or at least they write home on the train or in a car together, maybe they have some further conversations about the, about the film itself and maybe the themes and potentially the gospel. Uh, the key here, I think, Russ, is that you're doing something there in Sydney and showing real leadership when it comes to uh, this film and what you're doing with Real Dialogue and the City Bible Forum, uh, the idea of having a panel discussion afterwards. I mean, I guess when the film comes to cinemas in uh, other cities and regional communities, even outback towns that will have ac- access to the movie, uh, you could plan this sort of thing with your local church, couldn't you? You could have a, uh, you could have a panel with uh, you know, a couple of local pastors and uh, talk about the issues of the movie afterwards. I guess it takes a little bit of preparation before that can happen, but it really presents an opportunity, doesn't it? Oh, it's a, it's a great opportunity. We found that numerous different... Uh, unfortunately, on the Real Dialogue website, just on realdialogue.com, we also have even the discussion questions, so some ca- kind of key points of discussion that you can have after the film. So you could either have it, or also if you are ha- leading a discussion, um, say if you wanted to have a panel, or if you wanted to do something with a church group, you're able to, they, we actually equip you with um, some of the questions that could lead to conversation pieces um, in regards to the film. And so, yeah, that's, um, uh, it's really something we've enjoyed doing. Real Dialogue's been really striving to do this for years, um, for quite a few years, but then um, just in the last few years, we really had some great opportunities with it. Also, if you wanted to do something um, with your church, even in your church, we even have some things on the website that show you how to, um, you can get a relatively inexpensive license to be able to um, screen uh, films either via DVD and such in your, in your church be able to invite people to come along to that and then maybe I'll have a panel discussion afterwards. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We are talking the movies. Russ Matthews is our special guest. You can join our conversation on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. Lots of movies that are coming out, some that are in the cinemas already, Russ. Uh, Before we start talking about anything more in depth, what are the big movies that you've got your eye on at the moment? What that are coming? That are coming? That They're are coming well? That are already uh, in the cinemas, but are, that are coming. The ones that the ones that are outstanding in your mind. Oh, the one the ones that are that are coming. The ones that are uh, coming out. I mean, everybody's looking forward to the new Star Wars Rogue One film, um, and also well, Hacksaw Ridge is coming. Even though I've already seen it, um, Hacksaw Ridge is definitely one worth um, looking at and considering. But then, uh, if you want um, a romantic drama. Um, uh, one that really, uh, really touches on a lot of huge moral um, issues and discussion is called The Light Between Oceans, which is another film that was filmed right here in Australia and Tasmania with Michael Fassbender and uh, uh, um, oh, Vikan- her last name is Vikander. I forget, I'm completely forgetting her first That's name. That's all right. But anyway, but, uh, but, then, uh, but then also as far as films that... Uh, yeah, so those are the films that we'll be looking forward to that are coming out. Then um, the films that are currently out, there's some uh, really good films that are going to be coming in with The Accountant and um, and then films that are currently in theaters that 
might be worth engaging for uh, families would be Pete's Dragon. Okay, when we talk about families, there are a bunch of good children's movies that you're across as well, and Pete's Dragon, uh, one of those. What other ones are there for uh, families who have children, or you know, ones that uh, parents can take their kids to, or grandparents taking their grandchildren to? Yeah, well, I, I definitely Pete's Dragon ranks right there as as one of the best ones to be able to take along um, children, pretty much to any age bracket. Um, you can go see The Secret Life of Pets. That also is a pretty t- tame film. Um, it, 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 as far as for families and for grandparents to be able to go along and be able to enjoy also. Um, there's two films that I would probably maybe put a little bit of a, uh, or actually one film in particular that I might put a caveat on that's kind of promoted for children, but I wouldn't necessarily say is ideal for younger children, would be uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which is a Tim Burton film, which Tim Burton directed Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but um, also other, and Alice in Wonderland. But Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children is definitely for teenagers and older. Um, we took our, our 11-year-old to that one, and uh, she found it quite scary um, uh, just for the concept. The film itself was very good, but it was a, kind of a scary film for, for children, for younger children. Uh, we're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might like to be part of our conversation. We're talking about cinema. We're talking about film. We're talking about the way cinema shapes our culture. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call from Rosemary in Melbourne. Hello, Rosemary. Welcome along. Hi, Rosemary. Oh, hi, Neil. Good morning. Um, I was just considering uh, Mel Gibson, The Passion of the Christ, and Mel Gibson's latest film. Yes. And for obvious reasons that we would all understand, neither of those films would be of too much interest to women or women within church circles. Both of those are really male films, basically because of the extreme levels of uh, violence, suffering, uh, and uh, very few women would be, for obvious reasons, being so sensitive, would do well watching it. Uh, Rosemary, a great point. Uh, Let's hear from Russ. Russ, uh, are these men's films or would women be interested in seeing uh, a movie like Hacksaw Ridge? You know, that is a great conversation, Rosemary. We we were discussing it in the office here at City Bible Forum, which we have about a 50-50 split as far as men and women. There were some women that were really keen on seeing this film. And I don't know if I would draw the line on men and women, but I definitely would draw the line on people. Yeah, as far as women's groups, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say this is probably the best film for women's groups um, to be able to go along. But I wouldn't necessarily say that women couldn't enjoy the film. There's a beautiful depiction of his love for his wife um, and kind of their relationship leading up to being married and also even his uh, relationship with his family. But because of the graphic nature of the, the violence, but also uh, some of the things that he endured um, in his family because of his father, who was kind of a, a brutal individual, World War I vet, there may, it would definitely not be something for somebody who has kind of a uh, softer dis- disposition. Um, but would I say that women wouldn't enjoy this? I think that women would enjoy this film, at least a lot of the, the people that I've talked to. Um, but I definitely would kind of say if you didn't enjoy, say, a, a film like um, Saving Private Ryan, uh, the beginning of that film, um, I would probably say this film wouldn't be ideal for you. 
Rosemary from Melbourne, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. You might like to contribute. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. It's an interesting thing when you talk about violence and like to hear your reflection, Russ, because there's war violence and there's other violence that we might describe as gratuitous violence and torture scenes and those sorts of things. But uh, war violence is somewhat different. And uh, your reflection on uh, the different strains of violence, because some violence is just uh, stomach churning, other violence, and as you described, the opening scenes of Saving Private Ryan, which I remember seeing and, uh, and, and thinking I was very confronted by that. But right. And if that's something similar that, that, that might be uh, depicted in, uh, in the new Mel Gibson movie, it's different seeing war violence to some other levels of gratuitous violence. What are your thoughts on the difference? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, we were, we were discussing this the other day with, um, with some of the, the team as far as looking at the issues of violence, even the fact that um, arguing the fact that he that Desmond Doss was a conscientious ob- objector. So that's a, even a whole other line of discussion points. But with it, when it comes to entertainment, I think it's something that people need to take into consideration is that there is an artistic component to it, a realism that sometimes needs to be depicted for the sake of the story. And I think with, say, a movie like Hacksaw Ridge, and even to a, a point with um, Saving Private Ryan, but also even looking back to, say, The Passion of the Christ, is that the violence is unfortunately a part of this world, the, bro- the broken aspect of this world. Violence was not a part of it um, prior to the, the fall, but yet it is a part of this world. And so sometimes to communicate it and show the severity of it actually helps to kind of push the story along. I do think that in many films and what we are entertained by does um, kind of push beyond that acceptable level when it comes to violence, where we're just trying to use it for the sake of getting an emotion or um, trying to get people shocked into uh, an experience, which is, I think is unnecessary um, to a certain degree. But I think with a film, say like Hacksaw Ridge or say The Passion of the Christ, this that, that wartime violence is just a, a real part of life. And, uh, and I would just say to somebody who doesn't enjoy that, I would recommend that you not go see this film, but also for those who do go see the film, that is just a part of what we kind of have to experience in the human experience. It's a good forewarning. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Joanna is travelling in her motorhome. Oh, wow. And uh, Joanna, welcome along. Where are you, where are you at the moment? Uh, we're just travelling between Gainda and Monto in Queensland. We're heading out to Kenya Gorge for a few days. That Beautiful. sounds absolutely wonderful. Where's home yes. for you? Where's where's your on the Gold Coast? On the Gold Coast. It All right. Is, so yes. travelling north, far away. <laughs> seeing some of the sights in Central Queensland. Wonderful, Joanna. What are your thoughts on uh, on what we've been talking about? Our discussion about film today. I'd probably just like to comment on Rosemary's call. Um, perhaps if Rosemary had been a male. I would have considered and do that call extremely sexist. Um, I, I think of all the the women that have served in wars as medics and doctors right. and helicopter drive uh, drivers and soldiers, and uh, I think squeamish is not something that's particularly um, male or female driven. I have a husband that you know likes 
the romantic movies, while I don't mind a bit of blood and guts. <laughs> you <laughs> you might be the opposite to most. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm a, 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 a very proud man that he's able to admit that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't particularly like Passion of the Christ as a movie. I just didn't like the movie. Um, but I'm quite looking forward to seeing the new one. And I certainly will be there as a woman. There <laughs> you go. Okay, uh, well, Joanna makes some great points there. Russ, uh, what are the things that are outstanding for you that you can respond to? Oh, yeah, well, I think it's a great point. That's, I think, why I answered the way that I did. Is that Fortunately, having this conversation with some of the, 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 the men and the women that we have here in the office and also other reviewers is that I think that it, is, it doesn't really come down to your gender really kind of depicting um, how how you go through and choose a film, even though it will influence that. But I think it really kind of comes down to what, what are you able to enjoy when it comes to entertainment? What really do you find is being entertaining? And, and the realism of the violence of, say, a Hacksaw Ridge is something you just have to take into consideration. But, yeah, I, 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 would, I would definitely agree that it's, it's not necessarily cut a line between men and women. I think that it's one of those uh, things that really kind of comes down to your... You're, how far you're willing to go when it comes to your entertainment choices. Thank you so much to Joanna. Great comments today. Great. And uh, I'm not sure how Rosemary might appreciate being uh, labelled uh, almost sexist in that remark. Uh, although uh, there is a sense, isn't there, and this divide between women who like romantic comedies and romance uh, movies uh, and men who like action movies, I guess there is something in that divide. Uh, that's typical. But obviously you don't want to put everybody in a box on either side. You don't want to separate women and and men and say, this is your taste and this is your taste. That's uh, right. Yeah, that, that sort of divide is, uh, it's, I guess that's probably, uh, there's probably lots of great evidence for that, not just the sort of uh, evidence that comes from uh, when you're sitting at home and there's uh, men and women in front of the screen. Well, I think there's, there's two things you can kind of take in consideration. I mean, there's a lot of things you can take in consideration. Only two things I'll just touch on would be, one, is that, I mean, God, uh, you know, our Father God, he, he, he created um, what we have in our relationship, especially in the marriage relationship and romance and all those things kind of come along that. That love component is connected. And I think that for us to disengage, just thinking that it's only one side of the gender pool that's, that it, enjoys that or, or can be entertained by it or considers it, I think is, is, is not wise. But even like a film like A Light Between Oceans, which I found was an amazing depiction of uh, a story of romance, um, romance between a man and a woman and also leading to um, a marriage, but then also even within that, the kind of the components of and the dynamics of the different moral choices that they had to make as a, as a uh, couple. Um, I think that to say that that is only a women's film would be remiss because it, it is just a fantastic film um, in itself. But I think that for only one, for only one side of the uh, gender pool to go to that would be too bad. I think we would really be missing out. And when we're talking about this uh, divide, I mean, uh, I've got four daughters, my wife and four daughters, and uh, and Pride and Prejudice has been a, a bit of a favourite in our family, and uh, and I must say I've enjoyed it, but I don't enjoy watching it over and over again as uh, as women do. <laughs> there's there's something, isn't there, uh, that women love to? Well, I'm I'm just being general here, but tend to have a, a desire to watch things over and over. It, it sort of creates a wonderful feeling. You want to keep on. Uh, Revisiting it. 
Oh, sure. Well, you know, but then also to say that men and women aren't different would be, it would be foolish, too, because we are made differently. We have different likes and, and tastes. Um, and uh, so, and that's why, you know, there are, you know, probably very, for war films, it might be more male-centered as far as the audience that comes, and maybe for romantic comedies that there may be more women that come. But that doesn't mean that either or can't take that. I have three daughters myself. We have a whole slew of different romantic comedies, but then also, yes, Pride and Prejudice is on regular, regularly comes out on a regular basis for us to be entertained in our home. We definitely know a lot about Mr. Darcy, probably too much about yep. Mr. Darcy. Uh, the capacity for film to shape culture and fashion and attitudes for good and evil. Uh, I'm just uh, reflecting on what we sometimes come back to in the New Testament, in the Scriptures, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever mm. is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's good advice in the New Testament. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, how do you sort of feel about those things uh, when it comes to the movies? Uh, is that a good guideline for Christian believers? Oh, I think it's definitely a good good guideline. I think that what what we see depicted in film doesn't necessarily maybe always reflect what you just read out of Philippians, but yet I think what we need to do is make sure that we're always, which we've talked about this in the past, putting our 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 thoughts and all the things that we have through a biblical lens. And so in the consideration of what we're um, looking at within within our culture, be it in film, be it on television, um, just being out on the streets when you're out walking around and, and seeing the different things that are happening in our culture, I think we need to continually look through that biblical lens um, for us to really see how um, we should be looking at, at entertainment and all those things. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Gary in Sydney. Hello, Gary. Welcome along. Hello, how are you going? Good, Gary. What are yeah, your Gary. thoughts? I was just uh, wanting a comparison. Like, for instance, on what, if on what movies out there has a lot of sexual exploitation on it, it's not going to be good for us to watch it because you can see how that could probably affect your the way you think and treat women or whatever like that. But when it comes to a movie like this, not violence actually made up violence to like like a horror movie, but real life uh, violence where you're seeing real life stuff, how did you think that might affect our minds to cause us to sort of stray in some way? Yeah. Okay, uh, good thoughts. Uh, response from you, Russ? I guess yeah, you're talking, Gary. I guess you're talking about Hacksaw Ridge and uh, yeah, the violence right. that yeah. the war violence. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. It's a great question, and also we were um, talking a bit during the break, even about the kind of the the impact that it has on everybody's lives. I think there's a subjectivity to that. That it, what how it affects how you then respond um, afterwards. I mean, will by will going seeing a film that has wartime violence in it will it cause you to be um, violent yourself. Well, I know for myself that's not the case. Um, I, not that I sit there and enjoy watching excessive wartime violence, but that, to watch an accurately depicted film when it comes to that doesn't really cause me to um, go and, and want to enact violence against others. But I think one of the things you have to take in consideration is that it, it may have an impact like that for you. And so if you know that about yourself and you know that this is something that... Um, 
would have an impact on you, I would recommend that you maybe steer clear of those films. Because um, I'm right there with you as you started off um, the question there, Gary. I, uh, I, I choose not to go see films that have excessive um, sexual content in them, specifically because of the impact it has on my thought processes and the potential to sin um, or get pulled into that. And so I just choose not to go see those types of films. Now, that may, the films that do depict violence may cause that in certain people, and so I would really just make sure to know that about yourself, pray about it, and consider maybe this is not the right film for me. Gary from Sydney, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. And violence is one thing. It's the morality oftentimes in a film that we are concerned about as Christian believers. Uh, You mentioned one film to me earlier, uh, Jack Reacher. It's a movie that's been out in the cinemas for a little while. That's right. Uh, It's got a a certain worldview to it, Uh, the idea of justice and uh, vigilantes and uh, what are your what are your concerns or what are what are the sorts of things that come out when you watch a movie like that one yeah you know it it was a fascinating conversation i had the other night we went to go see the screening of jack reacher and uh, uh, craig who's a friend of mine who went along with me to see the film um afterwards the film wasn't that great it wasn't uh, unfortunately jack reacher it's a part of a franchise with tom cruise it's been a book series by lee child that you know it sold over 70 million copies jack reacher is very um is a part of um, not only the reading culture, but also now the film culture, because this is the second film that's come out. The film itself wasn't all that great um, as far as the quality of it, the storyline, and, and the like, but the conversation afterwards was excellent. And what I enjoyed about it was that Craig brought up the point that isn't it funny how so many of our films show man taking justice into their own hands. Jack Reacher is kind of this vigilante type who supposedly has this moral high ground that he sits upon, and so he's able to enact justice that, because people don't seem to trust the justice system or they don't trust the police force, or even you can extend that to they really don't trust God to really take care of those things. And the way I really, what we were talking about was looking at the fact that God has put governments, police forces, you know, all of those into place um, to really be able to maybe not serve it perfectly, but they do serve in a way of enacting justice. But thankfully, what we have in the Bible, and this is where I really encourage people to get in and dig in a little bit more, is looking at the fact that God, our God that we serve is not only just a God of love, but is a God of justice. And that maybe we may not see justice um, occur within our lifetime with certain events or certain situations, but we need to trust in the fact, and what we see and can know pretty much from the beginning to the end of the Bible, is the fact that God will serve um, justice on those, the, all those situations and all those scenarios, and that we do serve and uh, come alongside and that God is a God of justice. And it's probably most beautifully depicted in the, uh, what we see on the cross and how Jesus came and he came and died for our sins, even though we didn't deserve it. So there's a grace component, but also that justice was still served and that, um, that justice was taken care of by a just God. And I guess when we talk about justice, if you take God out of the picture, as I'm sure many movie directors do, uh, they're dealing with these raw human uh, 
uh, attributes uh, that uh, where uh, you know vigilantism uh, and uh, revenge becomes right. not uh, revenge is mine says the Lord, but it becomes revenge of the individual who is depicted as having the moral high ground. But we don't know for sure whether anybody has that sort of moral high ground in the first place without exactly. God. Uh, so there's there's an interesting way to talk about morality in those sorts of films because uh, sometimes uh, that vigilantism is actually depicting what might actually be the outworking of our human nature without God. That's right. Well, Neil, that, that kind of goes back to the, the question that you asked originally was, you know, so you go and see a film and it doesn't necessarily line up with what you see um, and understand and know from the Bible, but yet that doesn't mean that we can't still look at it through a biblical lens and be able to take away something going, well, that may not be how God would want it done, or that's maybe how we can see it that as a Christian that I believe it. But within that discussion, how is it that we are to believe? And fortunately, we have the Bible um, to be able to really show us how we are supposed to live and how we're supposed to, uh, what we're supposed to believe ourselves. Russ, let's talk about uh, Christians and movies. And you may know people who are a little bit like this, but a lot of Christians know more about the movies than they do about biblical stories. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, they know they more, more about uh, you know, the right and wrong in the film than they actually do know about the morality that might might be depicted in some of the violent stories, even uh, uh, from the Bible. Uh, even correct. some, even some pastors seem to be able to preach more on parables they find in the movies than that they do in the Bible. Not uh, tarring everybody with the same brush, but no, no, no. in a general uh, generality, this is how important, I guess, it is to be able to appreciate a Christian view of the movies. Yeah. Well, and I think that well, that's one of the things. Even in the whole discussion, not to take us all the way back to Hacksaw Ridge and, and wartime violence again, but if you really see throughout the Bible, um, so much is the depiction of this fallen world. Fortunately, God does have the answer for us, but yet that we really do see that the that much of the Bible in it would be rated MA15 just because it depicts the accurate um, view of what's going on in this world, in this broken world. But thankfully, um, what we do have, too, is that we can, um, we, we do have an answer. But going to your point, I think one of the, the things that we really do need to do is that we can say we look through a biblical lens, we say that we look at things from a Christian position, but do we? Have we studied do we know what's going on in the Bible? What does the Bible have to say on this very topic, be it love, be it violence, be it um, relationships, all these different kind of components, morality itself? Um, what do we know? And so, first of all, do you really know your Bible? Because it's great for, for you to be able to go and enjoy a good film, but really the Bible is really where we can find the answers to what God has to say about this world. We are taking calls, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, 1-800-316-316. We're talking about film. We're talking about the shaping of culture. We're talking about morality. We're talking about what you'd like to talk about, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Let's flip through a few more of the movies that we're likely to see at the cinemas. Either they're out now or they're coming. One you mentioned earlier called The Accountant. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, That one's got some interest. It's fascinating. Who would think that a film based on a man who has autism, who becomes an accountant, also becomes an assassin, and it actually includes Ben Affleck in it, who, if anybody knows who he is, he played the most recent Batman reincarnation. But 
it was, it was actually a, a fascinating discussion that w- we were able to. I actually enjoyed the film, even though it does have, and I will admit that it does have a certain level of, um, of violence, again, involved in it, and also a certain level of vigilantism in it. But the discussion point was that how we were able to link um, the, the, the whole uh, the story of the accountant, which is a, a completely different audience, but yet still a very similar component to the Finding Dory story, which that's, again, a family film, but yet celebrating the fact that just because somebody has a disability or what we would classify as a disability, that really that God still fearfully and wonderfully made them, as it says in Psalm 139, that we're able to go through and know that they can be of worth and that they they can actually go and do something in society. And so it's, it, was a, it was a fascinating um, storyline. Um, the Accountant, it has to be one of the worst titles out there. It wouldn't draw too many people in, I wouldn't imagine. But in itself, if you're an action movie film, you would really enjoy this film just from an entertainment standpoint. But from a uh, kind of looking at how God is really um, doing a work, even in the lives of those who many of us would consider as being on the fringe or having disabilities, but really in the end, that God has made them that way, and how it's a, such a beautiful way that we can really utilize them within our within our culture, uh, within our society, if we look at them from that lens. And is it the case that you might never look at accountants the same way again? It, say that again? <laughs> you might never look at accountants the same way again. <laughs> Who would thought? Who would think that an accountant could actually be um, a, like a superhero type yeah. thing? But uh, it, it is actually a lot of fun. I was walking out. And rarely do uh, reviewers talk to each other after the film because nobody wants to take each other each other's idea when they write their review. But I, I looked at this one reviewer, and he turns to me. He goes, "You know what? I would pay to go see that movie again tomorrow." It just it was it was just a lot of fun. Now. Again, I will put a caveat. It is um, a violent film, but um, it was a fascinating film in what they were able to look at in the human experience. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Good to have you along with us, our guest this hour, and talking through the issues of film, Russ Matthews from City Bible Forum. I guess the primary film we've been talking about this hour, Russ, is Hacksaw Ridge. And uh, it's a movie that is coming out. It's coming, uh, I think you said the 3rd of November. 3rd of November, right. And uh, you've got a particular review that's going on. Uh, You've done the review, but you've got a particular uh, preview that's going on in Sydney this coming Thursday night. It's already sold out, so listeners won't be able to be part of that. For for other uh, previews around the nation, are there some of those coming up in different capital cities? Yeah, well, we have well, we we have the pre-screenings. Um, we have another one that we have in Canberra, but that unfortunately is full too. Um, and what we're hoping to do is with with Real Dialogue, they were able to do some other events. So just keep um, it'll be on the website at, at citybibleforum.org or at realdialogue.com as far as the other events that we hope to be able to do in the future. Okay, let's let's talk about some of the family movies that are coming up. You mentioned there was uh, there was one or two to be very cautious about. Um, Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. You said uh, that one 
perhaps uh, steer clear of? Especially for young for young families, uh, for children with young children, I guess is um, just because it, it even though it has children in the title and it seems to be marketed towards children, it's definitely for um, an older audience, teenagers and older. Um, probably wouldn't recommend that for um, young families. No. Okay, one movie that I have seen is Pete's Dragon. Now, yeah. Pete's Dragon is a great movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's uh, obviously it's fantasy. It's all about the, the dragon and uh, and a little boy's uh, relationship with the dragon, but uh, absolutely amazing, good movie. Yeah, I, it, it, if if you're still able to, to grab that one in the cinema, I definitely would. It, it is, um, it's kind of a definitely a throwback sort of film. It's back when you know, just good family film. Yeah, there is there are some kind of scary bits, um, but it's all still fantasy. Uh, but yet, there's still a. Uh, it's actually really a great film to, if you want to have a discussion on faith and uh, believing in something when no one else believes it. Uh, that one, it's actually a good film to even have a discussion with your children on the whole topic of faith. Uh, some other ones, I'm not sure whether these are family ones or whether they're not. Uh, Doctor Strange, I'm right. not sure you mentioned that one earlier. Uh, yes, it's coming out this week. Trolls. Trolls. Is that uh, is that good or bad? Or what's, well, I haven't seen Trolls yet. Okay. Trolls doesn't come out until December, um, and it, it's going to be interesting just based on the the trailers. I, I my the jury's out for me on that one. Um, in regards to it, it looks like it should be a, a straightforward family sort of film, but I really can't tell you yet as far as the quality. Doctor Strange um, is the next Marvel superhero type of film, but this one deals with some. Uh, uh, it's a it's a character that most people would not be familiar. With it's not your Spider-Man or Iron Man or Captain America. Doctor Strange is a part of the Marvel universe, but yet he is not necessarily that well known. And he's dealing with some major uh, spiritual components of their world and their realm. So I, again, I'll be I'll hopefully be able to review that here in the next few weeks. We'll, I'm going to be able to screen it on Wednesday, and maybe I can give you some more uh, lead up to it here in the next few weeks. Another one called Moana. Yeah, that one. Uh, I think that one's set in Hawaii, or it's a, is that a? Uh, it's a animation. Um, it's animated. It's a, it's a, it's a Disney film, and it's the next one. Um, it's it's based on kind of the establishment of Hawaii and uh, Moana. It's it's the it's kind of a, it's the uh, story of 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 a demigod uh, that's actually played by The Rock or Dwayne Johnson um, and Moana, who is like a legend from that island at that time. And uh, again, I think there's going to be a lot of kind of spiritual elements kind of um, addressed in it. To me, it kind of looks like, if you can remember Hercules um, from a few years back when Disney did the Hercules film, and even kind of has a, a reminiscent tone of Pocahontas um, from a few years ago. So I, don't, I, really, I haven't had the opportunity of seeing it, but that's just kind of my read on it at this point. Well, it's been a great conversation through the hour, Russ. Uh, let's just spend this last couple of minutes talking about City Bible Forum. Okay. Uh, the the website is citybibleforum.org, and people can find links to Real Dialogue and uh, some of these other sites where you've got movie reviews when they go to citybibleforum.org. That's correct. Yeah, we have we have some of the reviews there at citybibleforum.org. Almost all of my reviews would be on realdialogue.com and also at Rustling Reviews. But then, uh, and also at Insights Magazine. But then also all of our events will be on the citybibleforum.org website. 
And, of course, from time to time you have these film previews. I imagine that people who are visiting the website occasionally might be able to get wind of one of those if they're living in capital cities around Australia. But, of course, there are lots and lots of things that City Bible Forum does in capital cities all around Australia. Various forums, there's uh, series that are being spoken about, oftentimes before work or in lunch times, after work. Uh, a wonderful work that's being done all around the country and uh, too much to talk about in uh, in one Breath, but uh, but I imagine that as you reflect on the work of City Bible Forum, it's pretty exciting if you're in the CBD of our capital cities. Oh, it's it's an exciting to be a part of this work. It, what I'm doing with films is just a small portion of what uh, the bigger bigger picture of what we do. And um, as far as reaching people, giving people opportunity to engage with the Bible, the gospel, and seeing how we can do that specifically in the realm of city workers. Okay, it's citybibleforum.org. Russ Matthews, our special guest, and uh, we were talking about uh, Russ's involvements. You can find links there on City Bible Forum to find movie reviews that will be interesting and informative for your family or for your movie viewing. Russ, great getting your insights once again. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Oh, thanks again, Neil. This is great. Hope to do it again soon. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.